you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. I certainly hope that this finds you well and serving God. And thanks for taking the opportunity to tune us in and uh, uh, bring us across and, and, and just being part of this broadcast. It just makes us so happy. And with me as always, my friend, Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. And you're still in the town of your nativity or the land of your nativity uh, out there in Pennsylvania. I am. Yep. I'm, I'm in Carlisle, which is the other end of Cumberland County. And I was born and raised, well, I was born in the next county, but spent my life in, uh, in the town of Enola, which at one time was the largest railroad classification yards of the world. And it's, it's still a train city. It is one loud place when you get down along the, uh, train zone there. Wow. Yeah. You could write a country song about where you grew up in the trains. They kept on coming, <laughs> even though my life was down, but you were always, oh man, I could be a country songwriter. I'm telling you, all you need is two, two chords and a sad story. But anyway, we find ourselves in the book of John. Bless them, Lord. Studying the life of Christ. And we certainly all could write a country song. But we find ourselves today, I, I really want to look at, you know, Andrew and Simon and, and Philip and, and these disciples. Again, what it takes to be a disciple, what it means to be a disciple. This is so great. Starting in verse number 40, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, the Messiah Christ, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shall be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find her Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Now Philip of Bethsaida uh, and the city of Andrew and Peter, Bethsaida, I'm sorry. And you know, as we, I love that patch I used to wear when I was in the army. It was the Fort Benning patch and it said, follow me on it. And uh, in the army, it means for I am the infantry, but we serve a God, a risen God, the loving God, the son of God, the only begotten son, the lamb of God, the God that takes away our sin, that wonderful God. And he gives us an opportunity to follow him. I don't know about you, but I'm always so excited by that opportunity. I love serving God. I love being that disciple that is willing to point out God, uh, that is willing to show people this is the God I follow. And uh, and and so at this point, we know who Andrew is. He, he's intrigued and he's he, he's so wound up, Kevin, that he goes out and he gets his brother. He, he doesn't want to know Christ by himself. He doesn't want to follow Christ by himself. But he says, hey, my brother needs this. Let me go get him. And so, and, and, and you know, this Cephas guy, Peter, coming along. And, uh, you know, God renames some people in the Bible. That's a study right there we need to look at. Whenever God renames you, that's a good thing. He gives yeah. you a new name. Uh, he gives you, and, and it's symbolizing, I think, a transformation in people when he does that. It's so significant. And he 
he's talking about how foundational, what a great Christian leader that Peter will be. And, uh, and then he goes and he finds Philip, spelt the biblical way. I have a friend, Philip Moore, if you're listening, I'm proud of you. You got the Philip spelt the biblical way. Uh, and, and it goes along, it calls him to be his disciple. And, you know, Kevin, as we're looking at these disciples, I think probably a great honor uh, obviously, it is to be called by Christ uh, to have your name changed and to follow him. What an honor that is to Christ when we just step out and we say, you know, God, we're with you. We got this. Isn't that an honor? Yeah, it's it's a tremendous honor to have, yeah, the Son of God call your name in a way that, you know, anyone loves to hear their name. And then to hear someone say, you know what, um, you're so unique. I'm going to give you a new name. And, uh, I, I just love this. I, I love the fact, you know, my mind went here as you were talking about the new names, you know, Jacob was given a new, new name, Israel, Israel. as, yeah. as a prince with God, uh, Paul, you know, Saul was changed to, to Paul at some point. Um, you know, other people in the scriptures got these new names and, um, in the book of revelation, it says, that um, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said in the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, which and will give him a white stone, and the stone a new name written, which no man knowing knoweth, saving he that received it. So it's interesting. The name change for Peter went from a little stone to a rock. Uh, but in the in the book of Revelation, you know, he that overcometh, which th- throughout the 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 book of revelation he that overcometh typically it's talking about he that overcomes the barriers to being saved and, and accepting christ as their lord and savior so it seems like everyone that's saved in heaven is going to get a white stone and uh, i preached a message years ago uh called pet rocks and you know the lord has these yeah, yeah, we're all going to get a rock, and uh, in the rock's going to have a new name written. So you know the the idea, pet rocks is kind of coming back a little bit. They call them something else now, but but, but back in the seventies uh, and eighties, there was this idea that you know let's take a rock and paint it, and we're going to make it unique. It's going to be pretty, and we're going to call it our pet, and we're going to you know feed it or whatever. But um, the white stone here is is has this new name written, and I can't help thinking the Lord loves to give pet names to people. Um, I'm thinking about Israel as a nation. The pet name was Jeshurun a, a couple times. Jeshurun. Um, you know, there's there's none as mighty or something like that as just Jeshurun. So the Lord, you know, just kind of uses. Um, yeah, these these new names as as pets. So, you know, in the in the New Testament, we're we're all going to get this idea. And I'm just wondering if 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 it reflects our character. I wonder what that name might be. You know, here here we're looking at uh, John and, and Jesus getting these disciples that became fishers of men, and uh, you know, <laughs> Kevin Rob. Uh, we're going to rename you Kevin Fisher. I don't think yeah. that's going to be the case, but it'd be kind of a cool thing if the name, in fact, reflects our character. I wonder what it might be. My name, my my mind just goes there and wonders what the name might be. But the Lord doesn't reveal it to us. But I do also know this that John, uh, I'm sorry, 
Andrew and Peter, John was one of the disciples, but Andrew and Peter, you know, we have a younger brother and an older brother, no doubt. I don't think they were twins. Nothing seems to indicate that. I don't know that we know for sure, but let's just say that uh, Andrew was Simon Peter's brother. You know, Simon Peter was the louder, the louder one. He was the more, uh, you know, brusque one. And, and so he just had this way of, uh, kind of taking over. So I, I kind of picture him as the younger brother as the older brother, excuse me, the firstborn. And then Andrew maybe as a second born. And so the Lord knew the, 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 the typical character of these people and Andrew, the, the second born, you know, they, I'm a second born myself and a second born typically wants to carve out a new path different from the firstborn. And so maybe Andrew followed Jesus first because he said, you know what? I'm not stuck in, you know, the way I was raised. I'm open to this, you know, and it's good that he didn't become the black sheep. He became the first white sheep in the family, but he went to his brother, his older brother and said, Hey, you know what? You need this. And how often do we as bros hear, you know, our sib talking and uh, we pay attention when they say, you know what? This guy's the Messiah. I've listened. I've been with Christ. I followed him. He is the anointed one. And Peter got a hold of this and followed as well. And, you know, this is the relationship of siblings to be able to take, you know, the opinion of someone else, of, of your own brother and say, you know what? There's something to this. He doesn't just talk. His character is so you know, so crystal clear. He's so transparent. We're brothers. Uh, I want to follow him too. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And, you know, throughout the Bible, we see that the older ones are given a leadership position, uh, that they actually take that position. So I, I think you're absolutely right about Peter being a little bit older. And one thing I love about Peter being made the rock, you know, right up front, you're given, you're given this term of rock. You're the leader. You're the guy. Um, you know, these other disciples are going to know that I named you the rock. And, uh, and, but then we know that Peter comes along and Peter gets to walk on water. And, you know, he takes his eyes off of Christ and boom, he starts sinking. But how many people that have ever walked the face of the earth can say they walked on water? And uh, <laughs> unless there's ice on that water, only one. And uh, and that was definitely Peter. And then Peter's the one. And again, how, how God chooses that. He's the one who denies Christ. But then Peter mans up and does that mature thing. He repents of it. God restores him, and everything's all right. What an example. You know, we as disciples sometimes goof. We as disciples sometimes take our eyes off God, but we as disciples need to be able to man a woman up and repent of that and get right. Hey, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So I was just digging through my Word documents. My my memory, you know, your memory is a terrible thing to lose, you know. And I remembered as we were going through this that uh, I wrote uh, for a seminary some years ago some things I that we learned from Peter in the Bible. And uh, I think they pertain to us too is, uh, you know, he, he's imperfect. 
And can I tell you, every one of us, as we walk through this life, are imperfect. But he's also a guy who seeks forgiveness. He, you know, we're all flawed. We all make mistakes. Um, <clears throat> but it, the importance is, is not that we're going to be, we're flawed and we're going to make mistakes. The important side of this is that we seek forgiveness and restoration. So if you get one thing from Peter, his faith and boldness, I think, which, uh, uh, obviously Kevin was just speaking of is it, it speaks of a great faith and a great bond. And, uh, we could see that I could read Matthew 14, 28 through 31 about that, but as an example, I think to step out in faith, to be a leader, you don't necessarily have to be the oldest one. I see leaders in groups that are 20, 21 years old. Uh, he's teachable, man. If we get anything from Peter that we should be doing in our life as we follow Christ is we, we need to take correction. We need to listen to correction. We need to listen to instruction from Jesus. Uh, that's, that's about humility. It's about having a receptive heart. I believe, uh, leadership and service is great attributes to have for God. It's great to lead people along. It's great to serve God. I love the idea behind Peter that he, he, you know, he gets restored that there's second chance chances. Can I tell you folks, God gives do-overs. There's not a lot of things in life that you get a do-over on besides mulligans and golf, but God gives do-overs for an entire life. Can you imagine we can seek repentance? We can seek restoration and God gives that to us. He gives do-overs. And, uh, and what a bold witness and the perseverance he had. I, I think that's so important for us as Christians. Be that bold witness, persevere, keep on pushing forward. And, and then just how humble he became and what a servant he became. And so, folks, if we learn anything from the lessons of Peter, you know, we want to say, I, in the back of my head, always want to say, oh, yeah, I remember Peter. He walked on water, took his eyes off God. Boom, he went for a, went for a swim in the drink. And, uh, but, but God reached out. And grabbed him so remember that he didn't have to swim around and, and we always remember peter for denying christ but what i want you to do starting today i want you to remember peter as the guy who got it right got restored got his life right followed god let's remember people like that let's look for the mm. godly attributes let's remember people who pop out of this kevin you know we sometimes we 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 shoot at people when they're down when we should remember look at them when they're up yeah Boy, our our Savior comes to us wherever we're at, yeah. and He looks at the potential, doesn't He? I mean, He says, "Let's get you out of here. Let's get you cleaned up, and uh, look at the look at the mess you're in. But let's get out of it." In fact, I was just looking at the verse, the verse forty three, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, "Follow me." So you know, the whole thing, you know, salvation is instantaneous, but discipleship and sanctification is a process. And we progress through this thing by following. He knows how to take us from where we're at to where we need to go. Again, it's this transitional thing. He knows how to, he knows how to make the, uh, uh, unbelievable happen. You know, you're talking about Peter. Peter was, you know, he had, he had foot and mouth disease. He just, <laughs> he just would open his mouth and, and put that big fat foot in there and chomp on it for a while. And our, um, <clears throat> our savior, you know, said when you're converted, now he's already born again. He'd already repented along the sea of Galilee. But um, later on, you know, he had to repent again because repentance happens over and over. Salvation is once, but sanctification is a long series of admitting, boy, we blew it. 
And, and so G- Peter went on from that denial of Christ to become a wonderful, bold mouthpiece and author of a bunch of scripture. And I just love that. You know, Doug, I was thinking uh, when we get, when we blow it, um, we just need to get some help to, to, you know, to get out of the pit. So years ago, I was, uh, I remember I was reading, um, we had turned a church over and I went back to the church and I was talking, I was with the pastor and, uh, and, uh, the, that morning, uh, he had said, Hey, can we go visit someone in the hospital this afternoon? I said, yeah, let's do it. We went to the Metroplex hospital there in Colleen, Texas. But, um, that morning I read in my devotions, Deuteronomy 24, 19, no Deuteronomy 30 verse four. And this just really helped me as I read it, my devotions, if any of thine be driven out of the, under the utter outmost parts of heaven from thence, will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee, and the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good, and multiply thee above thy fathers. And, excuse me, there's a whole big passage here where basically God is saying, look, if you don't blow it, but if you blow it, I can fetch you from where you're at, and take you to where you need to go. And I read that and it just was like a blessing. Well, that afternoon we went to this person in the hospital and Doug, they were laying there because of their own stupidity. They had just, you know, spent a life of just messing things up. And uh, I, I can't remember if it was drugs or if their liver was messed up with alcohol or just what. I know, I think one of their kids was messed up. It was just, they were a sad case. It was a female we were visiting. And, um, she was a Christian. She had a, you know, testimony that she had put her faith in Jesus Christ. But, um, I remember the pastor that was with me, brother McVaney said, uh, Hey, brother Rob, would you like to share anything? And I just went back to that scripture that I'd gotten that morning. And I said, Hey, I just want you to know, dear lady, that, uh, God said, if you are driven out from the, under the outmost parts of heaven, if you're just as far out as you can get, you may be feeling that way here, that from God will fetch you. He will, from where he is, fetch you and bring you back to where he is. And brother, you just talk about peace coming over a woman. And you talk about the spirit of God using the word of God. I mean, it's just that it got kind of a little thick in that hospital room. as she just said, you know what? That's what I want. And, uh, you know, just sometimes we need to be reassured that we can put our faith in a God so loving and so powerful that he can fetch us. He can say, you know, and send an angel or whatever it takes, show up himself and bring us back to himself. And Hey, that's, that's how wonderful it is. What a great God we serve, you know, and just, just hearing that and remembering folks that we can be like Peter. We can, we can say, God, we messed up. And uh, that's, that's a great, a great example. I'm glad you shared that. So many of us find ourselves on the bad side of life. And when you're there, you can remember that the, the light of the world, uh, the light of everything, the God of all creation, the Lamb of God, the Son of God can reel you in. You can go to him. And then looking at these other couple disciples as we wrap today, you know, we know that Andrew was one of the net pullers. He was a fisherman. And, uh, uh, and so in his life as a disciple, as a, uh, with God, there he is pulling, 
pulling this net, throwing the net out there and pulling that net in with all the fish and, and seeing God firsthand. And man, we're going to get to meet Andrew and these guys. I bet you they're all going to be a riot. You know, and they're saying, <laughs> man, we beat you here by thousands of years. And them coming across that wonderful prayer of Philip. Years ago, I, I read a book uh, entitled 12 Ordinary Men, and I don't recommend uh, a ton by John MacArthur. Honestly, I haven't read that much by him. But I remember that book was a little bit of a blessing to me. He's a little bit different. I think uh, uh, I'm more of a biblicist. I, when God says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. He means all of us. And and so I hold to that fact. But I thought the book was a blessing to me. And then Philip had that great prayer that, Lord, show us the Father. And, and you know, talking about in the sufficient to us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with me? You as thou not known me, Philip? And, and, uh, and so there's Philip praying to Christ, show me these things. And, and I, no, don't get me wrong, Christ, you know, hits back and says, don't you know all this? Sometimes we got to go to Christ. I've been there with Philip. Listen, I can't wait for you folks to come back tomorrow as we move forward and look at the life of Christ. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.